Hi, it's Rainy G. I have not been on. I've been sick. I've been traveling and getting flat tires and minus 20 degree weather and getting altitude sickness in places like Denver and Boulder. Um, going through a, a, a horrible personal um, emotional tragedy of uh, culminating almost three years of total devotion to someone who decided that, um, I don't know, being in high school when you're 50 and over is more important than knowing who your friends are and, and who loves you. So I've been through all that. Um, dealing with kids in schools still. Audiobooks that are coming uh, to iTunes. There are several up there now under my name. If you look me up, you can listen to the books. You can find them on um, Kindle, on Amazon, uh, probably just about anywhere anymore. And the good news is Mary Jemison, The True Story, has been optioned to be a film. Now, when that happens, who knows? Anywhere from now and five years from now, it'll be a film. But it took 25 years for that book to finally gain somebody's attention who was uh, interested enough to say this story should be told. So that's a good thing, very good thing. But since I went through this personal tragedy, um, I think it's time to talk again about what unconditional love is. Because people are using that word, or those two words, a lot. And they interchange it with all kinds of things. But mainly what I see people using it as is an excuse, uh, a cop-out, a way out, rather than an intention and a reason. Unconditional love doesn't mean that you can do or say anything you want, especially regardless of who it hurts. It doesn't mean that you can assume that somebody's going to put up with all of your stuff no matter what you do and still be there for you. It doesn't mean that you should condone behaviors. It doesn't mean that you can act out all your behaviors and expect them to be condoned. When we're talking about kids in school, we talk about unconditional positive regard. That's where we come from when we teach teachers uh, classroom management strategies and behaviors. Unconditional positive regard for the student, for the kid, for the child. That doesn't mean you condone behaviors. It doesn't mean if that child crosses all the lines, the boundaries, doesn't um, at least try to follow the rules, whatever, that there aren't consequences for those behaviors. My mother um, lived next door to me for the last seven or eight years with a friend who treated her very well, gave her good space to live, um, drove her many places. My mother cooked dinner for her most of the time. That's about it. Cleaned the house all the time because she's OCD. But she lived there $200 a month. Who can pay $200 a month for 2,300 square feet plus a yard and good water and all that stuff. Anyway, she was missing a paring knife and accused the friend who lives next door of stealing it and chose to move out, um, not tell anybody where she's living. She's 88. 
and uh, and continue the slander against this woman who has been nothing but helpful to her for seven or eight years. Um, you're supposed to unconditionally love your parents, just as your parents are supposed to unconditionally love you. I suppose that love is there, but I do not condone the behavior. I don't condone slander. I don't condone lies. I don't condone attacks on someone's character, especially without any proof. There was no proof of anything happening at that house except that my mother lost something. But um, but I've been told that I'm not being the perfect child because I should unconditionally love my mother. It's the behavior. It's the behavior. You don't hate the kid in school if you're a teacher. What you don't like is the way they're behaving. You don't get angry at the person you love if you're in a relationship. You get angry at their behavior. That's why sometimes when you break up, you stop being in a relationship, which just means that you're not relating to each other on a regular basis, but you still have them in your heart. It's not that you don't like the person, but their changes, the things that they've gone through or not gone through, the work they've done or haven't done on themselves, cause behaviors that grate the wrong way, that cross boundaries, that don't respect who you are, whatever. Um, I went through all this. I went through hell, actually, for the last few years um, with someone I loved very dearly. And I mean loved very dearly. And would step back constantly and look at the person versus the behavior. Uh, maybe that was a mistake. I don't know anymore. Because I would edit what happened in many situations. If I got called names or there was sudden outbursts or there was bitchiness or whatever, at first I would react, of course. I'm human. I have emotions. I react to energies just like everybody else does. But then I would step back and say, oh, wait a minute, now this is going on and that's going on and that's not who this person really is. It's, you know, it's a part of their pain. It's a part of their fear. It's coming from someplace else, whatever. Um, and then go back to loving dearly, supporting, being there constantly, if necessary, pushing when I had to. And um, the disrespect that came back in the end and the dishonor to our relationship was overwhelming and also unbelievable. Um, there's a book about this. It will be out in audio in a few weeks. It's completed, but it doesn't go up. Um, it takes about six weeks to get it up on Amazon and Audible.com. But it is out there. You can read it. It's I-L-Y-R. That's what it's called, I-L-Y-R. It's a love story. Um, but I've been told by the narrators and people who have now read it and are doing reviews that that it's more of an amazing book than I thought it was or that it is because it goes through so much about humanity and makes us think about religion, politics, family, siblings, kids, parents, relationships, and really what love is and what unconditional love is and also how damaging the world is to love, how destructive it can be. Throughout this book, there are statements of 
total devotion and, and love and dedication and all those things. But the one thing that also permeates the story is a constant awareness that unless you work at not allowing outside forces to destroy the love you have in your heart, it will. They all will. Whether those are people or politics or just the energy that's surrounding you. Falling in love is easy. Once your heart is open and your soul says go, it's a cinch. And it feels wonderful. And it lasts for however long. Staying in love is hard. Because people will try to destroy it. And they are so good at it. They cannot stand to see or know that someone's happy. They always want it to be happiness under their definition, in their terms. So if you're not with the right person, they're the wrong color or size, they come from the wrong backgrounds, and whatever it is, um, they're not happy because they expected different things from you. So they consciously and unconsciously work to destroy the happiness that you have. And if you let them take that control, it, they win. They will win. Because no matter how good you try to be, how good you thought you were, or are, after multiple attacks, you, your armor, you do armor. You do put the armor up. You need someone to protect you sometimes. You need someone to defend you. And when people are constantly attacking who you are, what you believe in, even though they totally agreed with those beliefs from the very beginning, and totally adored you for who you were and are and want everybody to act like you do and say the things that you do. When it gets down to that point of discovering that you have something they don't or the two of you have something that they don't like because it's not their idea of what it should be, they'll destroy it. They'll negate it. They'll attack it. And what happens in many relationships, whether it's in families as parents to kids or kids to kids or parents to teachers or lovers, whoever it is, what happens is those two people become the enemies. They become the ones who lash out because who else understands? Who else knows? Who else knows the pain? Who else can feel what you're feeling except that person who has been that close to you? And so you may try to support them, say, don't do that because it's not, you know that you did this before and when you did it before you got lost, when you did it before you got hurt, I'm asking you not to do it again. And because you're asking and because they, they've already been hurt, you're now trying to control them. You're pushing them too hard. You're not understanding that they want their peace. Of course you are, but you love them just like you love your kids. They may want their peace. They may want to go do whatever and be peaceful. But you've told them before, and you've shown them before, and the world and the universe and God has shown them before that if they do certain things, it doesn't turn out very well for everybody. So you tell them again, and you push them. And you say, I love you. Don't do this. I love you. What are you doing? I love you. Why are you doing this? And then they get mad at you. Because you were the one who said why. And you were the one who said don't. And you were the one that said please. You interrupted their fantasy of what their peace should be. And that makes you the enemy. In the beginning of IOIR, the introduction is about 
the Cree Indians, believing that there are only two relationships that really exist in this world, friends and enemies. And oftentimes, we are both to everyone, including ourselves. And that's really what the story is all about. It's about two people who come together and find love for maybe the first time in their lives. But it's also about two people who have had themselves as enemies for a very long time. One has done the work, one hasn't. It's about two people who have lived within the confines of an enemy battleground, whether that be their families when they were children or their families as adults, who still try to find love. And no matter how hard they try and how much they, they promise and swear that they'll never let anyone else destroy their love, they do it anyway. And it becomes them who destroy it to please everyone else whether it's conscious or not. Awesome. <sighs> anyway, it's a sad thing. Um, I have been suffering from that broken heart for some time, actually. And going back and going back and going back, knowing full well that if people had not done what they did, if we had not let them do what they did, we would have been fine. Everything would have been fine. But... Um, we let the manipulators and the controllers, the haters, the abusers, the liars, we let them win. And you look at that as a microcosm that's happening within your own life or your own relationships, your own family, your own household. And then you spread that out to the world. And you see the same thing. You see the controllers, the manipulators, the liars, the ones who want to own the world, who own most of what's in the world already. You see it, and we let it happen. And the way we let it happen is we become our own worst enemies. Whether that's within a country or a state or a town or within your own heart, you start fighting everything and yet nothing. You say a lot, but do zero. Sometimes you go out and do a lot when you shouldn't have. Sometimes you don't know how to get those to help you go do what you need to do because we've been so isolated, so um, confined to our technology rather than expanding to our humanity. So it's the microcosm of the macrocosm, and my broken heart, I'm sure, is a very small symbol of the many broken hearts that are all over the world right now. There are many. You can't necessarily fix broken hearts. People say, just wait. Time heals all wounds. I don't think so. I think that as you get older, there's less time for those wounds to heal. And uh, if you've been wounded a lot, there's less time for those scars to disappear. So, do I have advice? Well, on a personal level, this could take me forever to get over this. On a larger level, if you have kids in school and you're a teacher or a parent, um, know that those kids probably have scars already, open sores, open wounds, a lot of fear, a lot of confusion, and therefore a lot of behaviors that aren't necessarily perfect. If you're in a household and you're married or not married, whatever, um, 
when you're having problems with that relationship, first go to yourself. Because whatever energy you're putting out there is what's coming back to you. So if you're putting out control and lies and manipulation and negativity, eventually it's going to come right back at you. And then you're going to have to respond to it and, and you know, react to it. Um, if there's two of you within that relationship and you've been lying to each other, guaranteed you've been lying to yourself first. Because that's where a lie comes from, first from you. You lie to yourself, and then you lie to others. That's why we lie. Fear. We don't want to know. So we lie to ourselves and say, no, 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 I didn't do that. No, I would never do that. No, I'm not like that. No, that's not me. And then when somebody says, well, didn't you do well? No, I never did that. No, I wouldn't do that. That's not like me. I would never do that. So the lie comes from you first and then out to them. Then they lie back. And now you're both lying to each other all the time. And always lying to yourselves. The truth does set you free. It really does. You may not like what it sounds like when you say it. I did this, or I am this. Or this is who I am, this is what I feel. Because people are going to condemn you and judge you. But when you do, when you finally stand for truth, this is who I am. I'm coming from love the best I can this is who I am after they're done judging you you're going to walk prouder and taller and eventually that energy that you've put out there is going to go to them and they're going to say this is who I want to be I want my freedom too and maybe they'll be able to find a little bit of truth within themselves it's the best advice I can give I mean, Remember that I've always said that love is my religion, earth is my church. But the main other thing is that my road has always been truth. I cannot tell a lie. I can try, but I can't really. Not anymore. Because I know I'll suffer if I do. Not from God. I'm not going to go to hell for telling a lie. I'm going to burn forever by an unrepentant, formidable czar in the sky somewhere. That's not what's going to happen. I know what it feels like in my heart and soul to be free. To be free in truth. If I stole something, I, and I tried when I was little, I almost stole a squirt gun. But let's say I did. I would carry that around with me like a big heavy metal ball forever. Until I finally told someone, I stole the squirt gun, I'm sorry. Can I return it? Can I buy a new one? Can I do something to make up for it? Once I tell that truth, I'm free. So, you know, say I love someone. And I tell the world, I love this person. And they don't like it. You're not supposed to love that person. They have too much money, you're from the wrong side of the tracks, they're the wrong color, or whatever. And I still say, but I love them. And that person makes me happy. So I will continue to love them. Who do you think feels more free? The condemners or me? And who do you think flourishes and grows more? The condemners or me? Who do you think makes a difference in the world? The condemners and the haters or me?
in every relationship we have. Unconditional love means stop judging. That's all it really means. Let the truth be. That's what unconditional love is. Here's the truth. This is who I am. This is how I'm behaving. The truth is my behavior is not conducive to everyone being happy right now because I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing or I've crossed a boundary. That's the truth. Don't condone that behavior. Love me anyway, but make me change my behavior because you love me. That's unconditional love. Conditional love is, I'll do this for you if you love me back. Nah, that's conditional. Unconditional is, I love you, you love me. If I'm doing something that hurts us, tell me because you love me. Show me how to change because you love me. And if it hurts me and it drives me crazy and it makes me angry, I'll change that because I understand that I'm just reacting out of fear. It's a hard thing, unconditional love. It's the hardest love in the world. And it doesn't exist in very many places. And when you do unconditionally love and you know that you love that person forever and ever, no matter what they do, whether that's your kid or your parent or your lover, it's painful. Because it takes two to have true unconditional love. You both have to understand what's going on and why and work at it and come back and say I was wrong I wronged you I shouldn't have wronged you because I love you and then change it and come back to love <sighs> read my books go to earthwalk-usa.com or go to time to teach.vpweb.com or just Google me, or go to Amazon, or go to audible.com, or go to iTunes. Look me up, Raina G or Raina Ganji. Sometimes just Raina. I think I'm even on Google that way. Um, read the books, listen to them, share them, share the ideas, share the love. In school, at home, within your relationships. And for those that you love unconditionally, even if they break your heart, throw you away, stomp you into the ground. Love them anyway. Send them some love. Because God knows, of all the people around you, those who would do that to you need it the most. This is Rainy G. Thanks for listening.